All right. So last week when we met, we talked about what we believed. Because this is the, the what, the who, the how, a study through Galatians. That we are saved only through Christ Jesus, right? Only through faith in Christ Jesus, not through laws, not through works. And then we also learned about who God is, that he's a covenant God, that he is a promise maker, and he's a promise keeper. So we learned that's who God is. Today we're going to learn about who we are in Christ, who we are, and, and how we should live to keep our part of the covenant with God. So enjoy, we want to live in joy, we want to live in peace, and we want to be able to build the body, build the kingdom into abundance. Amen? Come on. That's what I want. I want, oh gosh, what I do? I made this big. I think it's smaller. I don't know, Tech. I touch things and stuff happens. I barely touch. That's good. That's good. Well, right you there. Pay the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and get my eternal love. I really hope so. That's a, that's a pretty nice thing to have. Because you know what? God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. So you know what? Any goodness that comes from me came from the Lord. So that's good. So I want to talk about who we are. Now, we've, we've probably heard these sayings. We sing them a lot of times when we worship. It, but in Galatians, it talks about we are heirs and not slaves. A lot of people don't realize they're in slavery before they meet Christ. They, they, because they don't know what freedom is, and so who we are is we are we are heirs, not just not just saved people, not just people brought out of slavery, but we are now heirs. He says, you know, you're gonna rule and reign with me. He said, I want you to come into my kingdom. So we are heirs. We are adopted into the kingdom. In Galatians four seven, it says, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are His child. God has also made you an heir, right? When we have children in the natural, they are our heirs. And God said, I adopted you. You are now my heir. So you are now my child. That means you get the benefits of my kingdom, which is the best kingdom ever created. It's really the only real kingdom ever created. Everything else is just counterfeit. Um, so we are never... And we were never meant, we talked about last week about the Ten Commandments, and a lot of us are like, oh, I've been a Christian forever, and I probably couldn't name them all until I looked through them, right? Be honest. And we post on that today, we miss one or two. And, and we talked about, you know, the law. First, God's like, okay, Moses, just give them a simple ten. And you know us, we, we're human. Whatever God gives us, we like to mess it up. Uh, so he gave us ten, and... And we were never meant to stay under the law. Basically, we were never meant to have the law be our guardian forever. Um, it was good. Those are all good things. We went through the Ten Commandments. They were all good. You guys all agree, like, don't murder, don't lie, don't steal. You know what I mean? Let's not do those things. Like, those are all good things. Like, we should continue doing that. We shouldn't be like, all right, I'm under grace and go kill some people. Like, no, that's not what that means. So that's that's not what it was talking about. But it, we're free from the law, so we're never meant to just stay under there and be like, if you do these things, you know what, you can go to heaven. If you don't, if you mess one up, you're done, you know. It was, they were, it was a good law. They weren't bad things. But as man decided, well, you know, God gave us 10, but, you know, I'm smarter than God, so I'm going to keep adding until we get to 613 of them. We think we know more than God. I mean, really, that's what you're saying, right? If God gave you something and said, do these things, and you said, no, I'm going to do this, isn't that just rebellion? You think that you're better and higher and smarter than God? Whew. It gets a little, 
I mean, when we just actually just speak it the truth, that's what we see. And, and what happened is we made all these laws and we put ourselves back into bondage. Okay? And I look at, we even looked at last week, like when Moses came down and got, he, you know, God's talking to him, he's like, hey, just this is a simple thing. I love these people. I want, you know, I created man. By the time he got down, what did they have? The golden calf. I mean, hello. They didn't even have that. Like, they, they just went through all these things, saw God do all these miracles, and they're like, let's have another God. You know, you weren't good enough to us. You just, like, you know, took us out of here, saved us, provided for us. None were even sick among us. But, you know, like, we want to serve a golden calf. Y'all ever been around calves? Those things are crazy. They do not listen. They do whatever they want. They're wild. They look cute, but then they just run right at you. And they are messy and dirty. Some farmers in here, and you guys are like, yep, yeah, I've seen some. Try to chase them down. They're not that fun. So basically what it was showing is that it was impossible without a forever sacrifice to even keep the ten laws. People were still having trouble with just the ten. So he's saying it's, it's impossible without a forever sacrifice to even keep the ten laws. Um, and they were, they were a good outline to adhere to, but we needed a forever savior. We needed a forever sacrifice. So in Galatians 4, it's, it's saying this about the law and, and um, what's happening. Paul's saying, what I'm saying is that as long as an heir is underage, so like we aren't kings, babies don't rule as kings, right? He's saying as long as heirs are underage, he is no different from a slave. Although he owns the whole estate, the heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. I love that because Jesus was born under the law. He was born under the law. He, he fulfilled everything in the law. Look at that. He fulfilled everything we could not. And, and we had to wait. When he came, God's like, and now you're my sons. You're not just my creation. Now you, I've adopted you as sons and daughters. So God wanted us to be free. He didn't want us to stay in slavery. He wanted us to be free. He wanted us to have fellowship and relationship with us. That's what he wanted. He created us for that, right? That's why we all want friends. We want relationships. You know, people that are loners usually are because they're hurting. Nobody wakes up and says, I hope I spend my entire life by myself. You know, usually that comes from pain and hurt and, and disillusion and all of these things. No, we were meant for relationship, and God wanted that for us. He created us for relationship. I like my friends. I like my family. I like my kids. You know, it's good. Most of the time. I mean, there's times. If, people, if you're a parent, you're like, yep. If you're a kid, you're like, yeah, parents are annoying, right? We can go both ways. Sometimes us parents, we are not good. Can I go on a bunny trail quick? All right, so this week, my husband sent me this cute picture, or video, of Layla. She, what do you, how old do you think she was? She was seven. She was seven, and she's going, hi, my name is Layla, and she's sitting on the chair. She's moving around, and she's like, she's like, hi. She's talking to her papa. She's like, hi, papa. I went on a horseback ride, and she's telling all the things, and I just burst into tears because sometimes we say kids annoy us, and I said, man, I wish I could have been the mom I am now for that child. You know what I mean? And I, and I, but then I thought, you know, I just can't 
have that myself. I actually have to make it right. So I messaged Layla and I sent her the picture and I said, I wish I was the mom I am now for that child. I wish I would have had the tools and the things like basically forgive me for not being that mom. You know, and, and she's like, I don't even remember that. Like, I thought you were a good mom because God covered it with his grace. So sometimes we say kids annoy us, but parents, we're pretty annoying. <laughs> we are. We, we mess up. We make mistakes. We get annoyed. We're thinking, why don't these kids listen? Why don't they do this? And then we go and not listen. I mean, so it goes both ways. But God's like, you know, I want you to have a relationship. I wouldn't change it for anything. I love having kids. I love having a husband. I love having a family and friends. So in that, that was just really a sweet thing, how God moves throughout the week, because he continually heals you. He continually brings you back to the heart of repentance, doesn't he? Because he wants you to be whole and not broken. Because you know what? It says if you forgive, you can be forgiven. So we need to do that, sometimes continually. Things that we didn't even realize were there. So um, and then we see in Galatians 4, 4 that there came, a, there came a time that he sent his son Jesus, so now we're free, right? If you guys have Jesus on the inside of you, you are now free. You are not, if, if you are in any prison, it's probably because you put yourself there. Jesus did not. He didn't say you're free from everything but this. He, is, he set you free. You are free. He's going to continually remind you. When you get in his word, you know, you get revelation of that because we're heirs. We're adopted. We are with Christ. So something in Christ that we have, we have access to the kingdom and the promises and the covenants of God. Do you guys know that we have access to all of those? How many of you guys think that's really good? Awesome. That's really good. So do you, I, so in, I was studying this and there are over 8,000, over 8,000 promises that God made with man. That's a lot. So that's things like he promised us freedom. He promised us deliverance. He promised us that he would provide. He promised us that, that we would have a hope. He promised that we would be overcomers. He promised that we would recover. He promised us good health. He promised us strength, and it goes on and on. He promised us all those things, plus many, many, many more. And, and then, I don't know if you guys know, I, I kind of went on this bunny trail of this because then I looked and I thought, God says he made covenants. Those are like a really unbreakable promise right? I mean, God never breaks his promise. If a promise that is broken to you from God, it's probably on our end, not on God's end, because he's a promise keeper. But then I thought, well, how many covenants did God really make? How many of you guys think you know how many covenants? He made five. He made one with Noah, one with Abraham, one with Moses, one with David, and then the new covenant with Christ. And Christ died. I loved when I went through this, because God's like, why do you think that Jesus came as a fish? Because man was under law, and Jesus came through what? Grace. And do you know what five represents in the Bible? Grace. Jesus also gave the fivefold ministry. Do you see how that is? And so God's like, I made these covenants, but the eternal covenant was grace covenant. Isn't that good? Yeah. I didn't even see that when I'm studying this, and I was like, that's awesome. Because you know what? I, I read this book one time, it was called the, the Scarlet Thread, and it basically shows Jesus all the way through the Bible, from Genesis to Revelations. And then just look, and it's like, God even just put little things in there to remind us, like, these covenants were great, but Jesus is the greatest. So I just thought that was awesome. He made these promises. He made these covenants. And if you don't know what the covenants were with Noah and Abraham, you know, with Noah, we know he said what? I'm not going to flood the earth. 
ever again. You know what? And, and he saved Noah and his family. Um, Abraham, we kind of all came from him. He said, you're going to be the father of many nations. So we had all of these. Um, David, what do you say? He's going to come. The lamb's going to come through whose line? Yeah, see? So it's just, so we see all these covenants um, in there. And uh, the final one was Jesus. So he kept promises, and then he has covenants. And the final one covered all of those covenants. In 2 Corinthians says, in 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if I'm in Christ, if you're in Christ, this is, he's talking to you. You are a new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. We're not under the law. We're not even under those old covenants. Those have already been fulfilled. Jesus is the final covenant. He's the eternal covenant. He's the eternal sacrifice. We don't have to go find someone and be like, hey, do you have any extra goats? Because I had a bad week and I sinned a lot, so I need sacrifice ones. We don't have to do that anymore, right? Because Jesus is the final, he is the final eternal sacrifice. So we're no longer bound like slaves to the law. We are free in Christ. We are heirs, which means we inherited the power through the Holy Spirit. You guys know that? The power through the Holy Spirit. I learned about Jesus on the cross growing up. I went to a church that, w- that that's what, they didn't teach about Jesus, really the resurrection. They taught about Jesus on the cross. Okay? There's no power in that. There's no power of Jesus on the cross. It is, what, where, when did the power come? When he took the keys of hell and rose from the dead. Right? And that's when he said, I'm going to give you who? The Holy, the Holy Spirit. Because you know what? Jesus is not here. Matt, what, you said something today, and it goes along. You said people were praying for a, they want a Jesus-led church. How did you say that? Oh, I said people want a Jesus-led church, but you can't have a Jesus-led church because Jesus isn't present with us. He hasn't sent the Holy Spirit, so it has to be a Holy Spirit-led church. Yeah, that's good. You guys, so if you didn't hear that, you said people want to say, I want a Jesus-led church, I want a Jesus-led church. Jesus is at the right hand of his Father. We praise him, we thank him, we, inter- we come to the Father through the name of Jesus. But he said, I'm leaving you who? The Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is leaving you with all authority and all power. Okay? So we have to realize that. They're a trinity. They're all one, but they're different. I don't know where I was going with that. But the power, the authority, you know, we can live new and we can live righteous according to God's word. Did you know that? We can. We have the ability so you're thinking, but I definitely sin. I do too. Thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, I couldn't be fulfilled there. Like, how does this work? How do I actually do that? The difference is we do have that eternal sacrifice. So when we do fall into sin or get deceived into sin or walk into sin or run into sin in some areas, um, we always have the covering of the blood through repentance, don't we? Always. But how do we actually do that? How do I live righteous? Like, how do I know what is righteous? Because if, if you go out in the world and you start asking people, what do you think's right? It gets scary. It gets scary. There is some really messed up, evil mindsets of how people live, how they do their finances, how they raise their children. You know, there is perversion. There's all of these things. So you went, if you went out and asked people, like, so, you know, what is right? What is righteous for you? They're like, I don't want those answers. 
I don't, that's not going to help me. I need to know. So how we do that is we know the word of God. We know the word of God. If we want to live free and serve our king, we do it with love and not obligation. We don't be like, I got to read, you know, I got to get my Bible out. I got to read five chapters and I got to do this and this and this and this. That's obligation. Love is like, I want to know what you have for me, Lord. I want to be part of the kingdom. I want to be a good heir and I want to steward whatever you put in my hands well. So I got to know what that is. I got to read the directions. I put things together all the time. Me and my husband used to put things together all the time, but he got banned from that um, because he doesn't really use directions, and I really like to use directions. So even though he knows how to put it together, I'm like, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, we got to read what it says. He's like, I know how to do this. And I'm like, no, 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 it says that we have to do this. So I just put everything together before he comes home. But I like to go to the directions because I want it to look good, right? Because nothing comes assembled. And you forget one piece, you just added a lot of time and extra work because you got to take everything apart, put it back on. I've done that too many times, so I know i got to go to where the directions are. And our directions, God's like, I gave everything for you so that you actually can build something. And it's not like, I made abstract art. No, 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 I want it to be what God wants us to build, his kingdom. So we know that that's the word of God. And we don't do it because we have to. Oh, i got to come to church because I have to. No, I, I'm coming to church because I want to build the kingdom. I want to first build Christ living in me, and I also want to Christ going out for other people. Because when I come here and I, and I hear a truth and I get a revelation, I have that inside of me. So when someone comes up and they need that truth or they need that revelation, I have it to give away. You can only give away what you have. Do you know that? You can only give away what you have. So we come because we, 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 love, we love the Lord and we want to expand his kingdom. So in things we receive wisdom, we receive knowledge and correction with joy. How many of you guys love it when you receive correction with joy? Yeah. I mean, you get every correction you have, Dustin, comes with His wife's name is Joy. That's good. I ain't never seen her mad either, so you're, you're pretty blessed. Double portion right there. <laughs> She's really pinching. It's like, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, you know, we should, we receive wisdom. How many of you guys like it when you, like, supernaturally understand something? That, that's exciting. When you, like, I don't know how I know this, but if you do this, it will work. And it's like, that's awesome. That was the Lord. And then God says, no, don't do this. Do you ever, like, yes. No. That one where it's kind of like it's harder to receive with joy. But, you know, correction is really um, Really good. Michelle said something to me today. Uh, I, I came into the store just scanning my stuff, you know. And Michelle goes, you know what? When you spoke last week, it kind of hit me that I was on my phone in the morning, so I decided I should just probably, you know, get in the Word before I even pick up my phone. And I thought, I need to do that too. <laughs> I thought, you know what? That was a correction for me. It's not. And I use the Bible app on my phone. Because I get up all hours of the night, and so I don't want to wake. <laughs> just you just say something, and you get up all hours of the night, and so I don't want to wake my family. So I got it on my phone. So I got to be really committed. Like, do I touch the Facebook icon or do I touch the Bible icon first? <laughs> so I'm like, so I got it. So now my Bible icon is what pops up, so I can open my phone. Ha uh ha! -huh. Uh -huh. uh -huh, flash, there you go. <laughs> 
But you see, we come and we get, even if it's a little correction, it's like, wow, that's going to make my life better. God sent her that day to just give me a little correction so that I could grow and increase in our faith and be equipped to do the works. Like it says in Ephesians 4, we get to live free. How many guys like it when you get to make choices and you get to live free? You know what? I didn't like it. When I was a kid, my mom made me go to bed at 9 o'clock. I did not like it. I hate it. I would annoy my sister because we shared a room and just do all these crazy things because I wasn't ready to go to bed. You know, I slept on the bottom bunk, so you know what's really fun to do? Put your feet up on the bottom of it and lift them up, and then they yell, Mom, and then you hurry up and be like, I was sleeping. I didn't mean to. I actually, we had an agreement, my poor sister, we had an agreement that I would do, like, my husband can attest this because I'm still like this to this day. Like, sometimes I just have to make noises. They don't even mean anything. Like, I am a grown woman that will just be like, for like, I'm like, I just need to do this for one minute. Or like, snap, like, I will, do I still do this to this day? Or shout out. Like, I usually warm them if I'm going to, like, just scream or something. Because it is terrifying. I'm like, I just got to get this on the outside. And so when I had an agreement with my sister. I was like, just let me make ten noises. <laughs> and I'll be like, one more, one more. And she's like, I'm going to tell mom. I'm like, just ten. Like, I promise I'll stop. So I, I never did. I just kept going. You know, I'm a lot. Now it's a lot more. Like, you have, like, a headphones and stuff. So, like, if I'm just over there, you, like, sometimes my body just is way ahead of where my brain is. And it's just still going. And my, my brain's like, it's time to sleep. And the rest of me is going, no, like, I, you know, it's a little weird, but it's who I am. I've been that way my whole life. I think it's good. I mean, I'm not embarrassed to look foolish, but I don't know where we're going. We get to live free. We get to make our choices. You're making, see, my kids are, my family is all over there going, like, remember mom does this? Remember <laughs> you don't even know. I actually, do you know, God, I used to actually have Tourette's, and God healed me from that completely when I got set free and delivered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to, like, have, my kids actually saw it one time, and they're like, what's happening? I thought, no, the enemy's not coming back in. This, how many years ago was that? Like, it was like two or three years ago, and something happened. All of a sudden, I started ticking, and I thought, no, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. They're all laughing about it. I'm like, this ain't funny. I'm set free from that. I'm not going back under that bondage. You don't know what it's like when you're sitting in a group of people and all of a sudden you just scream out. And they're like, there's the weird kid. Stay away from her. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, I'm not going to, you know, I had dyslexia. I couldn't read. Now I was messaging my neighbors the other day, and I said, oh, I just finished this book today. I'm on my second book of the day. Not chapter, book. Because God healed me from that. Do you know God is a healer? He doesn't just only heal our bodies. He can heal our minds to understand. Because I thought, Lord, I want your knowledge, your wisdom. I want to be able to have that. So get to live free. I don't have to live under that bondage of those things. I thought, I'm free. I'm not going to accept that. I'm not going to receive that as from the Lord when it's not. So living free, Galatians 5. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Here's the part. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Do you guys know what that is? Love your neighbor as yourself, right? And if Christ is living in us, we love, we love Christ, so we have, we have to love ourselves. We don't hate ourselves. 
So if you love, I always look at that when it says when you love your neighbor. If you love your neighbor, do you steal from them? Do you bear false witness against them? Do you covet what they have? No, in our neighborhood, what's yours is mine and mine is yours. And, you know, get a good neighborhood. That's, I did take two uh, sticks from your property yesterday. I said, Matt, should I ask them? Matt goes, they're going to give them to us because I'm going to make something out of them. I told you guys I'm the weird kid. I'm making something. I made Matt carry out these. I mean, when I'm, I'm not talking sticks. I'm talking like, well, they weren't logs. They were like this big, but they were like eight feet. Yeah, limbs. Good word, wisdom. Stole your limbs. <laughs> but I knew you would give them freely, so it's not stealing. So you got to have a neighbor like that, like took stuff from you. And a branch. We took a branch too, right? You guys are wondering what I'm going to make. <coughs> I know we need to make some. That would be a good thing. I wonder if anyone has any property around. But we love, he's saying you can do it all if you actually just love your neighbor as yourself. So this is, when I talked, when I talked about last week, I said Paul's not writing this letter like, I just love you guys, you're such a good church, everything's just going so good. No, Paul's like, what are you guys doing? I literally gave you Jesus. You became believers, and now you're trying to put everybody back under the law, and it's getting wild. Like, what are you doing? So he's basically pleading with the Gentiles, saying, why are you going back under the yoke of slavery? Christ already nullified that law. You don't have to be like, oh, I can't have bacon. We already talked about that. Like, we can have bacon. Yeah, we can. Because, because if he didn't do that, if Christ didn't, if we could do by the law, then we don't need grace. That means we didn't need Jesus. That means Jesus didn't have to die for our sins. And we know that's not true, right? right. So these people were trying to go back under the law and saying, we want to nullify grace. You know, we know Jesus did this, we believe this, but we don't really care. We want to do it our way. And Paul's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? He probably was, I, mean, I don't think Paul was like, what are you doing? I think Paul was like, I'm glad he wrote letters. <laughs> like, I would probably be like, hey, Paul's coming to church, visit our church. And I'd be like, I think I might be sick that day. <laughs> As the leaders, like, you guys are fine. But it was the leaders that he was like, hey, you're letting this go on. You're allowing this to go on. All right? So if we went back under the law, things like we couldn't, you know, couldn't heal on Sabbath. We know Jesus did that, right? It's like you can't have anything good happen to you on Sunday. When you come to church, hope bad things happen because we're not allowed to do anything. Hope you didn't drive your car here. Did you prepare breakfast this morning? I mean, that's what we'd be under. It would be impossible to even gather. When then Jesus, like, then it says, do not forsake the assembly in the New Testament. It's like, okay, well, what are we supposed to That's why we're not under the law. We're under grace through, through Jesus. So Paul's saying, I brought you the message of truth, which is Jesus Christ, and you were excited about it. Those who were not Jewish, now Gentiles, they also got to, they get to have an eternity in heaven with Jesus. And now you want to go back and make them do all these things and say, well, you know, Jesus didn't really do this for you. Like, 
because sometimes we do that too. We're like, well, if I read this in my Bible, if I do this right, if I, you know, I can go on sinning as long as I do these things. No. It's through grace. It is Jesus. In Galatians 5.1, it says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. He's saying, if that comes knocking, don't open the door. So what can we do? What can we do? Because how many of you guys have had things where it's like, that sin just seems to be like, it just seems to be around the corner all the time. I'm saved, but every time, like, we all have different things that it just seems to be easier to fall into. Like me, I know I can go from zero to hot-headed anger real quick. You know what I mean? And so I got to watch that. Lord, I'm like, no, you made me to be peaceful and kind. That ain't me. So I got to make sure when that comes knocking, say, no, that's who you are. Because that's what was spoken about you a long time. It, when you're a child, like, oh, they're just, you know, they used to say I was so tough. And, you know, she's just like this. So I, so I became that. But I was like the softest person on the inside. Like, you did one thing to me. I'm bawling all the time. I mean, I couldn't even go to school without crying until I was in fifth grade. I couldn't leave my mom. I know. That's pretty bad. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? But then at school, it's like, oh, you think you're going to hurt little ones? I was like that tough kid, like, I will fight anybody. And I'll be like fighting like this. I use my feet. I don't care. I was a scrapper. I had four older brothers. I knew how to fight. But that wasn't who I was. Who I was, you know, God made me to be meek, made me to be humble. He, he made me to, to be kind. So we all have things that seem to creep in that the enemy wants to say, that ain't dead. That ain't, you know what, that, that's really who you are. And he says, no, stand in Stand firm. A firm foundation is what we need. And you get that from Christ. You get that from the word of God. If you don't know what the foundation is, you cannot stand on it. You cannot build a foundation that you don't have the tools for. Right? If you don't have Christ, you have no cornerstone. Get that first. If you don't know how to have Christ in your life, it says confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and he'll be faithful and just to forgive you, right? Confess all your sins to him and he is faithful and just to forgive you, right? So that's what you got to do. Jesus, you know what? My life's messed up. I want you. You accept Jesus into your life. Now you said my life is yours. You know how to run it better. There is freedom in you. So I want to put my life under freedom. All right? So we have that. So we've got to have that foundation. That's the first part of the foundation is the cornerstone, right? But he said that you're going to build, that we're going to build. Apostles, prophets, they're going to build on that. Which, where do you get the rest of the stones? From the word of God. What goes on the cornerstone? The truth of who Jesus was, the character of God, his promises, his commands, right? So if we want a firm foundation, we've got to know the word of God. So... If you know something, it's, you won't be deceived if you know, right? If you're not sure, it's like, I'm not sure about that. Like, I got to know about that. Like, someone could tell you a lie, and if you don't know the truth, you would believe the lie, right? It, it's crazy. I saw a thing, some, I think it was Jared said anything. He's like, there's people that believe in a flat earth. I'm like, they never been on an airplane. I think you said, they never been on an airplane, right? Because when you get up there, you can see curves around like this. Um, but you see, and if you don't know, it's easy to be deceived. Because this looks pretty flat, right? Where you're standing, that looks, this looks pretty flat. But do you see how if you don't know even something in the natural, you can be deceived? It's the same with God's word. 
If someone tells you, God's not a healer, because I've seen people die. Oh, oh, I don't look to the world. I look to God's word. And I see healing after healing after healing after restoring after recovery after recovery after recovery. So I'm not going to put the foundation on what you saw, what you put your faith to, that if someone gets sick, they die. You're not going in my foundation. Christ is going in my foundation. God's word is going in my foundation. Because sometimes we take people's opinions or people's experiences and we put them in our foundation, don't we? And then we're like, God doesn't do that. And we fight with people to say God doesn't do that. And you're thinking, you want people to know Jesus? Because you're making it real hard. Jesus is going to smite you. He's going to kill you. He wants you to be sick. He wants you to die. He wants you to have lack. He want, oh, you want me to follow this guy? I thought you said there was freedom in there. No, no, that's why we got to know, stand firm on a firm foundation. So you've got to stand firm on a firm foundation. Because freedom is not living without restrictions or boundaries. It's not like, oh, you're free and you can do whatever you want and no, you're not going to have any consequences. It's not like that. Freedom is like, I want to put boundaries for protection. I have restrictions to keep me out of the snares of the enemy, right? If you struggle with alcohol, it's not like, I think I should go to the bar each night. No, I'm going to put a restriction on there because I'm not going to put myself in a snare that the enemy has put planted for me. Okay? Does that make sense? That's why we said, when he's saying you live free now, these restrictions, these boundaries, they were meant so that not so that you just can't have fun or do what you want to do. They were meant to keep you free from the grasping power of sin. That's what they were meant for, to keep you free from the grasping power of sin. Sin cannot kill you. It cannot take away, you know, your life. It cannot. You have, you have eternal life in Christ. That is what freedom is. Not I do whatever I want whenever I want. That's not freedom. You're bound to the flesh then, right? I'll just say whatever I want. I can be rude. I can be mean because I have the freedom of Christ, right? I'm under grace. If I say it, you know, Jesus already paid for it. Yeah, he did, but that's not freedom. You're just under a different prison, which is your flesh and your mouth. See, we don't think of it like that, do we? Like, oh, I didn't realize that's a prison because, you know, things, natural consequences happen, right? Go try to pick a fight with someone double your size and say some things to them and then just think, you can't hurt me because I'm under grace. <laughs> it doesn't work. I have done that before, but only under the power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I think, was it Lana or Layla? It was Lana. She was a baby on my hip, and this big old kid comes to youth group. He was big. He was scary in the... We were at a youth group of a lot of people, and none of the youth leaders wanted to deal with him. He did whatever he wanted, came in however he wanted, talked however he wanted, acted however he wanted. When I'm talking big, I'm talking like, like, he big and big, big. And I didn't even have my heels on then. And the Lord's like, I want you to address that because he needs a mom. And I thought, I have a baby. <laughs> He's very violent physically, emotionally, and verbally. Are you sure? 
just the difference we got. That's why we need to live according to the spirit, right? Yeah. So I go up to this kid. <laughs> hey, I got to talk to you. I said, you know what? I got my kid here. I said, you know, I just don't like hearing those words come out of your mouth. You know what? Could you do me a favor? Could you not talk like that when you see me? I said, because I, I know that you're an awesome kid. And I said, and I said, you are so smart. And I know that, you know what, I really love you, and I would just, I just don't want to hear that around me or my child. Could you do that for me? Yes, I can do that. And I never, ever again did I ever hear that kid ever use foul language. He would see me come. He might be out in the parking lot using foul language. He'd see me come. He'd stop immediately. Because it is the Holy Spirit, the love of Christ, that changes things, right? So... Don't pick fights. That's why we have to have boundaries and restrictions. I don't think anybody could have went up there because the brokenness of I need a mom to speak to me in that moment. If a guy would have went up, he would have been like, let's go, right? Because i got to be like, oh, you know, i got to get in there and show who's in charge, right? Because he had to be tough because he was broken. See, that's why we can't just, we have to have boundaries. We have to have restrictions. Can't just be like, oh, you go do that. It's like, no, the Holy Spirit, i got to hear from the Holy Spirit first, then I'm going to do it. Whatever, what the Holy Spirit says, okay? So free living is not just doing whatever we want. It's doing what the Holy Spirit asks you to do. It was a little terrifying in that moment. I thought, I've been on the end of getting hit, and I don't like it. (laughs) And I'm also putting my child in danger. Like, are you sure, Lord? You see things like that? Like, we got to know that we live free and that we live according to what God's word says because you know what? He said he is our protector, that he will go before us, right? He's done that for me so many times. You can probably think of times he did that for you. That's what it means to be in freedom. Because we look back at the law, the law was just another form of slavery, even though it had good intention, right? But if you broke it, there was nothing that could release you from sin. You had to hope that the priest made the right sacrifice, And if not, then you got to drag the priest out by the rope, right? You're just like hoping that you get, you know, to eternity with with Jesus. Well, he wasn't even there with the Lord, with God. So, and then Jesus came because he wanted to release us from the law. He fulfilled all of it, and he said, now I'm going to give you grace. So if you do, if you do break a law. If you do fall into sin, you have an immediate way back into righteousness through my blood. Isn't that good? That's real good. Galatians 5.13. So if we're saying, how do I do that though? How do I actually do this? Galatians 5.13, it says, humbly serve one another with love. Humbly. You're not going up to him like, well, I got here at this time, and you don't ever show up, and I'm doing this for you, and we're just manipulating people so that they will serve or do. No, 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 we serve them because we're like, we love you. We want you to be equipped. We want you to hear the word of God. We want you to have what you need to go out and spread the gospel and build the kingdom and expand expand your tent stakes. That's what we want. Humbly serve one another with love. We use our freedom to benefit and not try to put others back in bondage. Does that make sense? Like when people go come up to me and say, women can't preach. I'm like, you will not put me back in bondage. 
You will not put me that is not in the word of God. It is nowhere in the word of God. There are three passages, and if you are immature and enough to only go by those three passages in the Bible, you know what I mean? You're not going to put me because you haven't got revelation there. You're not going to put me back in bondage where Christ said, you know, no male or female. Right? When he's talking about his words, writing the words, speaking, all of those things. And so I'm just using that as an example, but it's like we need to use our freedom to benefit others and not put them in bondage. Oh, I don't believe in healing. I don't care. You're not going to put me, I'm not going to submit to your bondage and go back in there. I don't believe there's any five-fold ministry anymore because I believe they died with the last apostle. Well, who told you that? Because it wasn't in the word of God. Who told you that? Right? I'm not going to use that and fight with other believers to try to put them back into bondage. I want to give them the truth of God's word so they can be set free. So when we serve humbly, we give what we have, whether it's revelation, wisdom, gifts, talents, abilities, whatever it is, we give what we have to serve each other so it will benefit them. It will benefit the body. If a part of the kingdom's not healthy, eventually the entire kingdom becomes unhealthy, right? Same as we're represented as a kingdom, we're also rep represented as what? A body. One part of your body. Now, I went to school, massage therapy, so Megan, you probably know this too. If one part of your body is hurting, you tend to start being like, oh, this leg hurts. So you're limping. And now what have you done to the other leg? And then anything that starts at the feet, it's going all the way up. Pretty soon you're like, my back hurts. Like, yeah, that's because your big toe. You didn't deal with that. What? Yeah, actually it is. It's because your big toe, you know what, that's your main balance source of your feet. And you know what, that's been, you broke that. That's why you started walking here. And now your back hurts because you've been holding yourself wrong. See, we, in the natural, we're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. In the body, that's that way too. That's why he said we need to come together and serve one another because we build on each other when we come together. If there's one part that's unhealthy, it's very easy for the rest to become unhealthy. If there's one part that's bitter, like I said, you could fill a room with a thousand people and put only two bitter people in there. They will find their, each other because like spirits, like spirits. But the same is true. You put two believers in a, amongst a thousand unbelievers, they will find each other like spirit, like knows the spirit. So serve, 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 serve. And I don't mean just serve at church. This is just one way to serve. When you serve, we come and we do that. Serve in your everyday life. Everyday life. Serve one another. Talking how do we build the kingdom. So we know God is love and Jesus was the ultimate service or sacrifice. He was the ultimate servant to us. And there we can find the truth in equipping how to humbly serve in his word. What he says. I know, sound like a appropriate record. I continue to tell you to go to the Bible. How dare we? <laughs> I mean, it's really simple. The word, the word, the word, the word, the Bible. God gave it to you. The word, the word, the word, the word, the word. How many guys get that? Like, if you want a foundation that's in the word, even if you read other books that help, it's still the foundation of the word. Even if you experience things in the Holy Spirit and we see the Spirit moves and we have prophecy and we have all that, but we need the foundation of the Word to put that on. Right? If someone gives you a prophecy and says, oh, God's going to make you poor, 
because he wants to teach you something. Oh, that's not a prophecy. That's a cursing. I know that because the word of God doesn't say that because my foundation is firm. Do you see what happens when your foundation is firm? It doesn't matter if someone is hearing well, if they're a good prophet, a bad prophet, a false prophet, whatever. Because there's, there's actually really good prophets that are just, or there are actually really true prophets that are just bad. They just aren't good yet because they haven't got grown up, right? We see that when the, when the disciples went out. They're like, we can do everything Jesus can do. Oh, no, we came back. We couldn't get them out. What happened? He's like, you're just a baby. You're just a little baby. You, you had a right heart. You wanted to do it, but here's some things. Like, we're going to get you grow up. we got to get you off the milk. Here's some things. Here's some more foundation, right? So, so we got this firm. What is we learn it through the Bible. We learn it through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have that living inside us. That's how we can be like, well, he never said, Sarah, at this year, in 2023, you're going to do this. You're not going to find that in the Bible, right? That's where the Holy Spirit, he said, I gave you that. That will confirm the character and the atmosphere of God. So how does that look in real life? So what does that mean in real life? How do I actually do this? Paul's like, got you. I'm going to tell you that. In Galatians 6, it says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Whew. But watch yourselves, as you also may be tempted. Have accountability. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Do they line up with the word? Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. So he's talking about don't be jealous. And not coveting, being jealous of each other's abilities given by God. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Give and take, it's talking about. He's saying, if you received it, give it away too. So go on, verse 7. It says, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. God cannot be not be mocked. I love this translation because it says God is not mocked, but here it says he cannot. People may think they're mocking God, but he knows the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from their spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So he's saying do good to everybody, but especially be good to your kingdom people. This is your family especially sometimes we're nicer to people that we're like well they don't know Jesus yet well it's like in here we already know and we should have the tools so we should be nicer instead of fighting amongst each other I mean you guys like I said you guys I don't know anybody who's like I can't stand this person I never want to see them again. like you guys are such a great church you really are I mean let's be honest you go to church people are fighting I go to church and I'm thinking these ones don't like here, and they sat in their seat, and they did this. And I'm like, uh, where do I sit? Because I don't want anyone to yell at me. Like, I'm going to come sit right in the middle of the floor. Next time I go to church like that, that's what I'm doing. I saw it on a movie once called Jesus Revolution. 
But you see what I mean? Like he's saying, no, in the church we should be especially with each other. So if someone in the church sins, it says especially there we should restore each other gently and not be like, you knew what to do already. And the person's going, I know and I hate myself already and I don't know how to get out of it. Right? Most of the time as believers when you sin, you already know you're sinning. And you're like, how do I keep getting here? I am missing a tool. Can you help me? I am missing a foundational piece. Can you help me find it and put it in there? And if we love each other and we say, hey, let me give you this tool. This is what I did. This is what God's word says. This will help you flee from evil. Got it? Instead of being like, you're evil. I don't know what that was about. That's how we do it, with gentle correction. There are times that we have to be firm. But you know, he says, forgive 70 times 7. He says, first take one other, then take another, then go to the church. So he's saying, start gentle. There are times that we have to say, no, we're not allowing that because it, you know, we're not going to allow that to come in and destroy God's kingdom. But he's saying, do it gently. Make sure you have a relationship with that person. Don't be like, I saw you at church, I don't even know you, but I saw you here doing this, and you shouldn't. It's like, you don't know what their story was. You don't know the background of that. Like, but if you know that person, it's like, I see that these choices that you're making is taking you away from what God has for you. Do it gently. If you have to correct, do it gently. And then the other thing is, it said, carry each other's burdens. We prayed for that family today. That's carrying a burden, you know? Doing those things. You guys, when, when, when you say, I'll watch your kids for you, when you see a mom that's just like, I mean, I won't mess up my hair because it's pretty scary. Um, but, you know, and they come looking and you're thinking, they need a break. Carry their burden. Give them the break. Pray with them. You know what? They have a need that you can meet. And God's like, hey, you can meet that. Meet the need. That's carrying their burden, right? Carry their burden. Don't just look at them and say, you got a lot of burdens. It must be heavy while you're sitting back, relaxing. No, no, no. He's saying, he's saying, if you notice the burdens, that's the Holy Spirit giving you eyes to see that they have a heavy burden, that you are part of the body. And he said, oh, you get to carry that too. You get to carry that too. You know what? When they're grieving, you grieve with them because you get to carry that with them so that it is not a heavy burden. Not always as fun. I'm just telling you what God's word says is how you can live righteous and, and live according to his kingdom. Have joy in others' gifts and don't be jealous. We all pretend like we're not jealous, but there's been times we've been jealous, right? Sometimes we're jealous to see someone else getting something, doing something. God's blessing them. Even though God's blessing you, it's easier to look at someone else's blessing sometimes. But he's saying, hey, rejoice when someone... I mean, you guys are really good with that. Like, people have come up here and had testimonies of things God did for them with raises. And, different. like, you guys got a raise. Nobody came to you and been like, well, you know, I don't know why God does that for you and not for us. And I don't want to be friends with you because I nobody came up to you guys, did that? Okay, good. Yeah. yeah, everyone was excited. Everyone was happy for you. Everyone was like, that's awesome. Praise God, right? When you got your house, no one's like, well, I wish I would have got my house first. You know, I could have, you know, I don't know why you get a house. You're only 20 years old and da-da-da-da-da-da. Like, did anyone say that to you? No, everyone was like, yes, we believe God. God said it. He did it. Praise God. That's good. We rejoice in that.
you know what? We rejoice as children are going to be born. You know, we don't say, oh, you don't have children yet. You're never going to have children. No, we say, you know what? Abundance. I've been praying for triplets for them. So. <laughs> Just trying to carry that burden for <laughs> Yes. See? Boom. Man, multiply. You're going to have like quince by the time we're done here because everyone's going to be like, I need a baby. See, but we carry each other. I'm just joking. That's all joke. I, whatever God wants to do, he's going to do. Noah's looking real nervous. <laughs> he's like, ah. It's okay. But those are ways we carry the burden, right? It's so good. So good. So help each other carry burden. Don't be jealous. Rejoice with others. Um, you know, please the Holy Spirit. You know how you please the Holy Spirit? Do God's word. Pick up God's character. You please the Holy Spirit. Don't burn out and grow weary, it says. You ever get burnt out? If your body gets burnt out, sometimes you're like, I just need a nap. God's like, I want you to rest. Rest in my word. So if we start getting weary and we start getting burnt out, we might have to be like, you know, I think I need a refreshing of the word. I need to be washed with the word. Like, I've been doing this much, but maybe I just need to listen to it. I mean, now with all the technology, you could have the word going in your house, in your atmosphere 24-7. So if you're like, I'm burnt out, I just need to hear the word, just go to YouTube, go anywhere, and you could be hear the word over and over and over. So if you're growing weary and you're feeling like I'm just burnt out and being pulled all these ways, hear what God says, go back to his word, and we'll do good. So we believe God is a good God, right? You believe he's a promise keeper? Yes. He gave us his son, Jesus, who not only paid our debt, but set us free and then made us heirs to the wealthiest, wisest, freest, and most powerful kingdom in the world. Not just in the world, on heaven and on earth, right? And he adopted us, and our identity is now in Christ. And through the Holy Spirit, he always leads and directs us to live according to his word and his righteousness. We don't have to worry if we know that we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. You know, he's going to lead us to good things. He doesn't say, I'm going to lead you down this bad path. He's not going to do that. We submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, to the word of God. He will lead us into righteousness. He will not be like, I'm going to lead you into bad things. So we submit ourselves into the freedom of Christ. His word, his character, his ideas, his direction, his leading, and we will be able to walk in freedom. Amen? Amen.